0: Welcome to Blue Collar Love, your number one source for all things Starflyer59. My name is Samuel.
1: And I am Aaron, and tonight we have a special guest. Um, He's played drums on pretty much every album you've loved from Page of the Lions, Starflyer59, Map, Duralux, Fold Zandura, and so many, so many more, Franklin's.
2: Welcome to the podcast, Frank. Uh, Thank you very much. Nice to get to know you and uh, talk about uh, all things Starflyer. All right.
1: Well, um, I guess I'll go ahead and um, get us started off. Um, Frank, how did you get started into making music? Uh,
2: I, um... My dad is a musician, and uh, kind of from like a really early age, I... uh, had an attraction to drums and piano and uh, it was sort of you know like my you know a little escape to do but I just was really like interested at an early age like how the notes on a piano worked about how intervals work how something sounded sad and and I just got hooked really young um, and uh, came up through the band programs in public schools my family wasn't really didn't have enough money for like private lessons or anything and uh that's just kind of basically how it happened and then kind of kept doing it and wanted to do it for a living uh and yeah that's how it happened
0: that's really cool man i didn't realize uh you also did piano now did you ever play any other instruments than just drums on the starflyer albums
2: uh yeah um yeah I uh, played a little bit of keys. Uh, I've sang a whole bunch on them. Uh, I've arranged uh, a bunch of strings. Um, Maybe some horn arrangements as well. Uh, And, yeah, like drums and percussion.
1: Were there any, like, um, musical artists who really inspired you
2: um, in your career? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, when I was really young, it could be anything from like Jackie and Roy to uh, uh, Kenny Loggins, Tower of Power, Dan Fogelberg. I mean, I, I, I sort of, I get latched onto a, a sound for a while and then I sort of bleed it. Um, but I guess as... Uh, as far as the main influences that that, that I that I think of now uh, would be anything from like Aaron Copeland to the Police to the uh, Talking Heads. I don't know. Um, uh, my biggest influences have always been my friends. So
0: yeah, I don't know. That's
2: kind of a weird answer, but that's what I'm sticking with
0: that's great you are totally yeah no that's a totally legitimate answer i have like a top 30 list and then an additional top 30 people that i just really like so um i totally get you yeah all I right mean,
2: it, it's a it's a weird like uh i mean uh, the the, the people the main influence is like it, it depends on who i remember and who i'm listening to that day i mean i could i could list a lot of Cool-sounding indie rock stuff to make me, you know, seem cool. I could list uh, modern composers that I've been getting into. I could list. I mean, I don't know. I I, I love like everything from, uh, you know, Holst to Puccini. I mean, I, I don't really. There's it runs. It, there's a There's a wide gamut of stuff I listen to. But most of it is like the most ridiculous simple pop music ever. So, what else?
1: And, yeah, listening to your your solo stuff, I can definitely hear all those um, influences.
0: Kind of getting back to the band stuff, um, how did you get involved uh, with the Starflyer 59? And what albums did you play on? Uh, I
2: was, I am friends with guys in a band called The Prayer Chain. Uh, and never heard of him. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> and they were friends with uh, at that time who was in Starfire, Jason, and I think I can't remember who the original lineup was. Now the name is escaping me. Was Cloud? Cloud was in the original. Andrew Larson. Was,
1: was it Andrew, Andrew Larson?
2: Andrew Larson. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah.
2: Anyway. Uh, yeah, I remember the first time I saw them was just, yeah, they were amazing. It was those two. Anyways, um, and I was working a lot at a studio called The Green Room with a guy named Gene Eugene, who's no longer with us. And Never uh, heard of him either. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, so I think... If my memory serves me right, before I met Jason, I would either get a call from Andy or Gene asking me to come down and play uh, any percussion on on these tunes. And it's weird. Right before we got uh, right before we connected tonight, uh, I had just finished working on some music here at home, and I had like a 15-minute break, and I thought, man, I better refresh my memory. And so I put on uh, some of Fashion Folk. I'm uh, not Fashion Focus. Uh, leave here a stranger and uh, the first thing I heard was my dumb percussion and I'm playing some vibes on uh, all my friends that play guitar and I totally forgot about that one so in the beginning it was just phone calls of hey can you come down and play tambourine so for sure uh, leave here a stranger I think maybe fashion focus maybe LeVancourt uh, maybe Americana, but but not drums, and, and certainly nothing significant. Maybe it was a hand clap or just some something that needed to be done on the record and no one in the band was close by to do it. Does that make any sense? Yeah, maybe, absolutely. You were fun. just like the yes, go-to yes. guy.
0: But, well, I, yeah,
2: wouldn't, I, like say that. I fill, wouldn't say go-to guy, it. it makes me sound way too cool. It was just more like... This thing, this thing needs. We need something. We need something here. Yeah. Yeah. But the Mm -hmm. first one I played drums on must have been old, and we did that in Seattle with Cloud and Richard Swift and myself. Then I think the next one I played on might have been in Chronicle. It may have to check this. But I think the next one I played on was Portuguese Blues. And that's one of my all-time... If people don't have Portuguese Blues in our Starflyer
1: Uh-oh. They're, they're Frank Johnny. with
2: the hot that, takes. Uh-oh. <laughs> that record is the jam. And then Talking Voice versus Singing Voice. And that might be it for what I worked on. And then toured a bunch through those through those uh, eras as well. Um, do you have like a favorite Starflyer
1: song or album, Song and album?
2: I'll start with my very favorite Jason Martin lyric, which was, "If I could sing, I'd change the key of everything." That was just that's just a brilliant. That's just a I love it line. too. Yeah, it's great. It uh, is, it really. Is. Every, there's, there's just, I mean, I don't know where to start with Jason. He's, he's like literally one of the best songwriters I've ever worked with. I mean, in my, in my, uh, in my weird, very modest career, I've been lucky to work with some pretty good songwriters and, you know, for me, he's up there, it's, you know, of the people I personally work with, he's up there with Dave Bazan and Damien Gerardo and the, all those guys, Swift, all those. I mean, he's he's he can write an amazing song But uh, on each record. I'm sure I could think of something that blew my mind, even on. Uh, you know, Leave Here a Stranger, I forgot about All My Friends Who Played Guitar, Change the C Chord. Uh, new new wife new life uh uh i love the first track on uh on old the uh god i wish i could remember the name of it underneath yes underneath yes yes when that yes when when we were working on that record that was a really like a, a big like a big spike of really like a volcano of creativity with it with a with a random group of guys that were living together up there making that record but there's some there's some really good music on that thing um all of levain every note of it is should be like in a weird museum of cool like there's nothing not cool about that record and that's hard to say about a lot of records you know uh, uh what's what i what what can't i say i uh yeah He's one of my favorites. Um, I'm, I'm with you. Like
1: um, and people listening, like Prince is like my favorite musician. Second mm. to him is Jason Martin. Like mm. that's it. That's my top tier right there. So I'm with hey, you as far as songwriting.
2: And, and, and I, I'm not going to argue that with you, and he should be. He's man. Do, you know, do a little bit of research, and you'll find out Jason Martin has influenced. I mean some of so literally some of the biggest names that you can think of in in you know in in good music and in, in rock and roll and real music that's out. Can there you right. drop some names? Can you spill some tea for us there, Frank? Hey, hey, like hey, a- heck no. <laughs> I to keep my mouth shut. I know. But uh if there's there's he's he's a huge influence. Um God, I remember the first time I saw Starflyer. It was the very birth of Tooth and Nail. I forget right now the name of Brandon's label before that. And uh, I believe is, is the first one Silver, or is it just Starflyer? I can't. I can't remember now.
0: So originally it's it was both. called. It's both. Yes, yeah, both.
2: <laughs> okay, so it's okay. Got it. Well, I before I heard the record. I played this weird Christian rock show in Orange at Chapman University. Oh, wow, 90s, who, 90, who knows? 90, I, I, I can't, between 96 and 98, maybe? 94 and 98? I, I can't remember.
0: That and first I, album came out in 93, so.
2: See, <laughs> no way. Oh, that makes Feels so great in my heart right now. So useful and you're spry and
1: you're so old. We love you.
2: Holy (laughs) frig. So um, no, um, it was it was in this old theater at Chapman, and the band just live. They sounded amazing. I'd never heard anything like it. Uh, Then it turns out some guys I work with later. produced the record and a a dear friend of mine who i'm still very close with today mark rodriguez was the engineer on all those things and and mixed a lot of that stuff uh so yeah i guess i've been connected weirdly to starflyer for a, a long long time i i really i can't i i truly can't say enough positive things about jason and his music and the and the type
0: of genuinely cool dude he is so so while you're uh, talking about jason and um I-, I am curious while you guys were recording some of those albums and I-, I find it interesting you um you helped record old because that's a i know that's a fan favorite among um the group that isn't you know strictly gold or silver right yeah so yeah. um how would you describe what okay if you could pick an animal that describes Jason while he's recording, what animal would that be?
2: Uh <laughs> Jason Martin when recording would be a male lion. Uh and I'll explain. In in in, in the lion world, the female lions go out And do all the hunting. take care of all the kids. They keep the the pride together. They are sort of like the decision makers. Of how the the pride works socially. And the male lions. Just kind of sit there. Sort of run the show. Sort of tell. Like the other lions. What to do. Sort of. uh, You know let him figure stuff out but when it comes time to like to feed and do the thing the male lion like just lays it down makes it makes a great foundation and lets everyone else you know with their hunting skills and all their other skills sort of add their own flavor to it without letting people go too too far He's really lazy, 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 Lazy fair. (laughs) How do you pronounce that again? Lazy, 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 fair. fair. Oh my God. Uh, He's very, he's very hands off, but, but very much so like in charge and like, will get, get, you know, let you know when you're, when you're going off the path and, 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 but, you know, like, really, like, wants, wants all musicians to do what they do. Does that make sense? Absolutely, yeah. It makes sense. Male lion, if he hears this. Yeah. Um, he, yeah. <laughs> well, no. I am, listen, um, I am, right now, what I just said is the fourth most embarrassing thing I've ever said in public. So, I'll take it, though, because <laughs> I feel like it's a good analogy. It's a pretty good one. Those that have worked with him, he just kind of sits back and is like, no, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Or uh, I'll, I'll play a piano thing. Lens, that would be cool if it was like half of what you play. Uh, he's just like, he lets you do his thing, <laughs> but then like, it's his thing. Like there's no, there's, it's his thing, but he wants you to do what he does. He wouldn't have you play on it. If he, he's real picky. He doesn't just like let anybody jam on his stuff, you know? Oh, that made me again sound like... You have to be cool like Frank Lenz to play on his records. But he ain't no, like, no, he has a, he has a, he has an ear for talent. That's what it is. If you're no, talented, I mean, you're I talented. That's not what I was going for necessarily. He just he he it's not like he plays it off like he doesn't know what he wants and you know, lets people do what he wants. He knows what he wants. He just like allows in the certain type he looks out for the certain type type of people at certain times in his life to like give him a thing that he wants. And he's really, he's really like, more of a producer than he would probably ever let on.
0: I think um, generally considered the best kind of producer. Um, kind of like, uh, I believe in TV tropes terms, that is called the George Martin producer, where um, they let everyone input as much as they want, but make sure it stays organized and make sure it still sounds good.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God, I'm still not over. And you know what's
0: really line. funny?
1: What's that? You know what's really funny, though, Frank, is that, that people who work with Prince said the same thing about him.
2: That's no exactly how they
1: operate it. Yeah. Oh,
2: right.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, okay. on to the next question um, Is there a, a song or part of a Starfire 59 song that you wish you could change and why? Uh,
2: you know what? Yes. And it's, All right. It's, it's That's not what you think it is. When we were making talking voice versus singing voice, we made, we recorded drums at Jason's house. And it was the first time we had more inputs and sort of better microphones and better micries. So we put the drums like in this big chamber above a stairway with a bunch of mics and uh really took our time i remember the guy that mixed it said it was one of his favorite kick drum sounds you know people some french dudes sampled it for some tunes a couple songs off that so when it came to do stuff at my house i was under under the gun so jason wanted a lot of strings so i arranged a whole lot of strings on that thing and really it was my first time not my first time but First time being published on you know, music coming out to an audience of people that I that I wanted to try to impress. So I mean, I have I don't know if people have talking voice versus singing voice, but I went bananas, all these crazy string runs and all this stupid stuff. And
0: I love that album personally, uh, but thank, thank you very
2: much. But let me let me get to the to the punchline. It's pretty good.
1: It's Josh so... Dooley's favorite Starfire album too. Oh right,
2: what? Yeah, That's awesome. yeah. yeah. Oh. All right, so comes to string day, and I hire all the right people. But you know, it's we're it's Starflyer. We're not sitting on a mountain of money, so it's it's, it's a quartet. It's a uh, two violins, viola. Oh, sorry, no. I just saved money. It's one violin playing the first and second violin parts, one viola, and one cello. And I just tracked him a bunch to try to make it work. And I don't even know if Jason knows this, so, or anybody knows this. But when it came time, like I was so overworked, when it came time to turn in the strings on about three of the songs, I erased the second violin part. So there's like two. At least <laughs> on purpose? Is that No, not on purpose. Okay. <laughs> there's at least two, maybe three. I couldn't tell you what they are but I remember when I heard back the mixes and realized what I did, the part that I missed out, that I, that I inadvertently erased, uh, when that part was removed from the string parts, it let other of, it let other notes that were weirder and more interesting, pop out of the mix and actually kind of saved me in a, in a sense that the string arrangements had more space and, were less dense, and the notes that I chose actually stuck out in a more weird, you know, and maybe in a more way I heard in my head, uh, because you know I'm I'm not a real pro seasons you know or, orchestrator by any sense. I do a, a couple arrangements here and there. I know a couple of tricks. So as as weird as I want to be, I stick to s- a few certain basic rules. So it was with these arrangements that came out, even though I screwed up and, er- and erased some things, I probably erased the stuff that I was using all the rules on it and made it sound a little better. So that's my zinger about Starflyer and what I want to change.
0: Almost every review I've read on that album mentions that it has a live string quartet on it. It's like one of the main things of every review I've read about that album. Really? So it's hilarious cool. that one... It's not a string quartet. It's a string trio. It is. And, and to um, how much like overdubs and stuff you did on it. that's just so that's so cool. Well, it, it,
2: it now now wait a minute. It tech. It's a trio part because what I would do like I would do uh I would since you need since you sort of need more I, I would do like record the section first violin viola cello. Double that first violin, viola, cello, and then do have the same violin player read the second violin part. So we double track that, and then I'd have the violin player stay and retract not, and double those parts. So it was a quartet part, but to save money, it was just a trio. Yeah, I'm bad. Don't let the union find out. They will be very upset with me.
0: That is so cool. All
2: right, so
1: Frank will get back to um, some Starfire questions. Um, um, but I want to venture into your little solo career for a second here. Sure. Um, been following you since the first album, The Hot Stuff, which Oh
2: my gosh, wow,
1: yeah, yeah, just like with you and Josh Dooley, man, make me have to put a CD back in for the first time in like 20 years, man. Oh. <laughs> so we'll talk about that. Well, that's not on Spotify or whatever now. Yeah. But um, can you please share the inspiration and meaning behind the Trevin Family Overdrive song from you? <laughs> conquest album <laughs> conquest slaughter album uh, and, and and it's probably not going to be PG so uh, go ahead <laughs> I,
2: I, I can keep it I can keep it relatively PG oh, okay uh, go ahead well first of all Trevin family overdrive uh, the first word in that title refers to a family in my hometown where I grew up where I grew up who were very, very kind to me and who sort of would look after me when things were, got a little nutty. Um, so it's a little nod to them because they're just great people. Uh, and then the song really, I mean, give me a second to think about that because I, I, I don't know how many people have heard that tune, maybe 12 and then um, it might mean something That's to probably someone accurate. and, and uh, <laughs> but I wouldn't want to ruin the I mean let me think about the lyric here. Um, it's, it's 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 not a, it's not based on a true story. Okay. Uh but it is the story I I went to a uh, Christian college and at that Christian college, one of the rules was that if you got uh, pregnant, you out of wedlock, you would be expelled and lose your scholarship. So, wow, a student that I knew, a, a, a student that I knew got pregnant, and. Uh, and ended up ending well, okay. This one student got pregnant and ended up ending her life. Another student in the same year got pregnant and went off and got a, a, a an illegal abortion and then got very ill. So the song is sort of loosely based on the experience of. Uh, being in that environment, and that—that's was the—that's—that's that's at the basis of the song. And then it's also about uh, uh, the 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 type of. Nah, I'm gonna leave it at that. So just I'll leave it at that. And it's a little heavy, I guess, and a little weird but yeah that's that's sort of the basis for the song but the like the chorus uh, the choruses are about how do I put it the people that get away with it. the verse is the story of the people that get caught. the chorus is the story of the people that get away
0: with it. does that make sense? Yeah, no, I totally get you it's um it's uh, that's really sad. It, it kind of reminds me in, um, you know, the Bible of the lady caught in adultery. And me and my wife always have the conversation of, well, what, what about the guy? Because he was obviously there. And no one pointed him out. Yeah, it's yeah, it's
2: it's and it's from it's from it's sadistically from the guy's perspective. It's a it's a it's 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 a it's a little it's a little weird, I guess. I guess. Oh, I that that makes so much now. sense. After now that makes like so much
1: make sense. sense the song now makes so much more sense now the course is the girls who gets away with it yes okay that's yeah i got it and i asked that because you have a tendency in your solo work to um highlight the vulgarity and the darkness and the vileness in life um why 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 do you do Why do you feel like i mean i'm not saying it's a bad i love it but why do you no 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 i
2: i I understand your question um, I, I, I've lived a very sheltered suburban life I I don't have I I, um, uh, I have not really indulged anything really dark in my life I've, I've had a I've had a few bummers I've been uh, homeless for a little bit for a little bit not much but I, that happened um, but I've always been kind of fascinated. what's the song I'm in love with the
1: homeless by on um, Pony Express was that about you
2: <laughs> i i don't think so <laughs> <Okay>.
1: <laughs> sorry sorry go ahead no sorry. if it was i
2: would like some money but no i'm sure that's not uh i but i've been intrigued by the people that that dabble in that realm and i've and uh in my own life i've uh Sort of danced on that edge in order to overcome a few obstacles without really diving in deep. Uh, that's one reason, and then another reason is that I I I uh, I love like Bukowski, and and even though I haven't indulged like like maybe some of those characters have, it's definitely a a uh, a preoccupation like it's to to it to sort of go after your own sense of depravity there is there there is along with the horrible consequences there is undoubtedly a a, a sense of enlightenment somewhere in there and uh, I've always been fascinated by it however never really like felt the need to to really go there so I use those images and I, I hopefully try to use those images in a way that reflect on like just an, uh, an overall sense of trying to fit into the like whatever weird mosaic of life that you're that you gotta fit into as a person.
1: Yeah, like those songs, like some of your songs, like Bad Art or Man with the Curse in His Head,
0: um,
1: mm. uh, <laughs> um, can't uh, can't go on like this um just, just so many is just like Esso dude. Florence. i can't believe
2: you even know those songs that's crazy those songs that means a lot to me <laughs> <laughs>
1: they're so good like they're oh, intense God. sam if you haven't heard me got to check them out man i'm telling you it's a, it's the a trip
0: <laughs> yeah no um it reminds me of a, a another quote um and i'm not gonna get it perfect and i'm not like a huge fan of this person's work, but I I respect the quote. It's Wes Craven, and he said, you know, we create um, horror stories or scary stories so that we can deal with that darkness inside us without actually having to partake in it.
2: Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah.
1: That's the heavy portion of this interview. Let's take it back down. Um, So why do you think so many bands wanted you to have you as their drummer?
2: Well... Uh, they used to, and that was fun. I, I don't. I think. I think I was. Uh, that was terrible to say. I'm very lucky to have a, any kind of career in music. And
1: but there was a time when there was a time
2: when there there was a time when there were a lot more records being made. And I I I think I just at that time came along and I was. Uh. I I maybe. I might not be as cool as the other drummers, but I had accumulated enough knowledge of how music works that I could figure things out pretty quickly, and I could get them done uh, in a reasonable uh, in a reasonable amount of time where you could make a record with me. Does
0: that make any sense? Yeah, absolutely. Um... And I
2: and I and I have I had good ears. I have good ears, so I can hear. The, sort of where the song structure is going to go um, And then I just happened to have A lot of good friends that were all in the same scene And so uh, It was just It was a nice time to be around a bunch of So many creative people making a
0: lot of records And On the topic of drumming um, Here's a doozy for you Frank mm-hmm. Um, You are now the second Starflyer 59 drummer we've talked to um, the first one was Wayne Everett. Yeah. So, which one's the better drummer, you or him? Uh, Sam West.
2: uh Oh. So I'm gonna default to Sam West. Uh, here's some good drummers. Here's some good drummers you should know about that are that were part of that from that era. All right. Sam West, just killer. Yeah uh there's a guy named ed benrock He really what wasn't he stayed out of that scene <laughs> he would luckily he was cool enough to stay out of some some scenes uh but ed bedrock from that era that i came up with uh the drummer for plank guy adam what's adam's last name Adam
1: something something like a great
2: hell of a drummer like like an
1: italian last name i think i know what you're talking about yeah
2: yeah um Man, uh, uh, okay, some people you wouldn't know of. Dave Bazan is a great drummer. Richard Swift was a yes. hell of a drummer. Yes, yes. Um, let's see, who else? Uh, I know I'm forgetting so many guys. Wayne is one of those guys. Um, his instincts... Adam Ferry from Plank Eye. Adam right Ferry. Oh, Thank you. uh, Wayne's Instincts is still one of my favorite drummers. We did a record, or I helped him. We did a record. He had a bunch of songs that were scattered around for a couple of years that he wanted to coalesce into a record. And so I helped him finish it up here. And man, having him, getting to sit in the room and watch him put together a drum part for his own music is just... It's 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 really satisfying to me. It's 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 a it's a real it's always like a weird masterclass in like what to do and how to like be a slave to the song and create the, the right environment for for
1: uh, for a tune. So so we're talking about that. Could you continue? Could you talk about um, what it was like to record with Richard Swift and y'all's relationship? Because I know y'all did a lot together.
2: Um. Uh. I mean, he was just uh, the most talented guy I've ever worked with. Always will be. Um, he was, uh, when I met him, uh, He, even though he was sort of like newish to what was going on, he was already ahead of everybody. Um, and after a while of working with him, it just, you know, I would he didn't need he didn't need my drumming anymore because his drumming had become the sound of his music and he just sort of became that auteur because he just was so proficient on so many things um and like i remember I, it working i I'm going to quote a friend of mine named Yuki who Said of Richard Swift at one point, he said, There is a white hot light on that guy, and everything that he does is cool. So, I agree with that. that. I agree. So, everything I, I, one of of all the memories that I'll carry with me in my life, the, the times that, and not, you know, and it wasn't just Richard Swift, it was Richard Swift and I and Eli Thompson and a uh, few other people, but I'll never forget those. those will always be the the best days of being creative and working with people that were, you, they, were they were just like nonverbal, uh, nonverbal magic. If I hadn't gone through those moments with, with, with that guy and with, with Eli, I wouldn't, I for sure wouldn't even be able to have any kind of, uh, uh, sense of how to make, try to make good music. That sounds real. That sounds real pretentious. <laughs> no, it doesn't.
1: No, that's cool. Um, got so many questions. Um, but we'll we'll try to wrap up with this one. Oh, no, 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 two more. Um, okay. okay. Jeff Cloud or Cloud wanted me to ask you about Skipjack in the King of All Card Games. All right. Any thoughts on this?
2: Yeah, Yeah, I have, I have, I have a lot of thoughts on this. I have a lot of very. Let me tell you something. Skipjack is the kind of game where you can come home from a significant tour. We're talking two, three months with no money at all. Maybe you might even like. At the worst, you might be in the hole. 500 bucks, $1,000. Okay? I want you to repeat the name of the second game, please. right, Black Cloud. I want people to remember that name. Are you listening?
1: Black Cloud. Don't
2: don't ever, ever, if anyone ever says, hey, I know a card game and it's Black Cloud, don't ever, ever play it. The rules escape me, but I'll tell you this. If you start with a $50 part, a pot playing Black Cloud, within three hands you can be in the hole $800. Bucks. <laughs> within oh four God. hands, you, within five hands you can be in the hole li- like literally, I'm not kidding you. Like two, three, five, seven, eight thousand dollars with like a with like a $20 investment. Now, <laughs> have you talked to Cloud yet?
1: Yes, we have.
2: Okay, I'm gonna let uh, so I'm gonna let others that come after me elaborate because the rules, it, it's it's the dirtiest, filthiest, <laughs> worst card game I've seen. Like I've seen grown men tremble. I've seen that. I've watched people that I know within four hands like be in the hole, twelve hundred dollars. And we're talking about like road musicians. Like twelve hundred bucks is you well like life. fifty grand. Yeah. So, 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 so you're going bands, on record. Listen to me. I'll tell you, okay, I'll, go I'll, ahead. The cloud, okay. cloud will like this. Okay. I've seen people in bands dip into their bank bags of their tour cash and empty it in Black Cloud. We're talking about we're talking about some bands that you know very well. We're talking about their gas money, their hotel, their food money. Their merch money. I've seen that happen. So yeah.
1: So so you're saying that Jeff Cloud is a card shark, is what you're saying?
2: Don't ever play a game. <laughs> do, you, have, do you remember the name yet? Don't ever play Black.
1: Black Cloud. Cloud. <laughs> That's hilarious. So how much money do you owe
2: Jeff? Let me clarify something with you. There are very few people in that world that are allowed to owe money. I don't owe money through gambling decks with Jeff Cloud, because when we played, you paid. Like, you, I, I, I they, they, that was a very serious crew of gamblers. Like, there was no, like, ha, 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 you owe me $2,500, you owe me $2,500, bucks. do not worry about it. As a matter of fact, there was a show that happened in L.A., I won't name bands, but it wasn't. It was like, it was big bands, big, bigger bands than you'd think playing at one venue, but the pay wasn't great. So these three bands decided to play a skipjack tournament to see who got the entire night's pay. And, uh, and that, that's, it was, it was some, right, well, that's my tale. <laughs> that's, the ta- that's my boring tale. So let's go over the stupid things I said I'll regret. The Lion thing was dumb. Uh, Jason Martin. That only was not allows, dumb. Only allows cool people like
0: me to play on his records.
1: It's totally true.
0: So we're going to go ahead and round this out, round out this episode. Um, we hear rumors that you actually have a new album coming out. And um, so why don't you tell us a little bit about um, what that album is, what it's called, uh, what it was like recording it, anything you want us to know? Um, when so it's coming can, out. You know. Yeah, Old sure. a- things. A- actually, it's it's already
2: out. It's self-released. Um it's called Pyramid. Uh you can hear it on uh, oh my god, what's it called? Uh, not SoundCloud. Uh everyone listens to it. The streaming service.
1: Spotify?
2: Spotify.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh you can buy it at all the usual places. Uh there's a video out uh for a tune called Pardon the language. Plenty sex, teen erection. Uh, there'll be a, there'll be another single released at the uh, at the first of the month, and then another single after that. Just look uh, just look up Franklin's Pyramid, and hopefully you'll hear something you sort of like. And I recorded it over a couple years uh, while going through different analog synthesizers, trying to find some sounds I wanted, like a really grainy sort of like a 16 millimeter mojave desert kind of feel to the thing and and uh it's it sounds like a bunch of hogwash made up by a dummy but it's actually fairly well composed and and it's me it's me trying to make some kind of stab at serious music uh and uh i really like it and if you check it out hopefully you'll like a little bit of it too and I wouldn't recommend it playing it at parties. It'll be a buzzkill, but (laughs) if you got a bottle of something you like, open it up and have a listen. It's only like 26, 27, 28 minutes.
0: Well, awesome. Uh, Frank, thank you so much for your time. We truly appreciate you, um, you agreeing to talk to a whole bunch of nobodies like us. It's been a blast.
1: No, so, not almost nobodies. Definitely nobodies.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: <laughs> but,
2: I appreciate the time. And you guys have been awesome. And uh, hopefully we'll get a chance to play a little skipjack. Take care of yourself. See you
1: around. See you around. So, 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 so Jeff, like saffron, what's your favorite spice?
2: Whoa, my, what's my favorite spice? Yeah. Garlic, baby. Garlic. I can do. Yeah. <laughs> I got a lot of recipes of
1: Garlic. We gotta have start Sam. We gotta start having a spice Starfire spice special. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it. Recording. Yeah. yeah. All right, Frank. Well, we appreciate. It. Thanks. You have a good night. All right, take it
0: easy, guys. Have a good one. You too. All right, we'll do. All right, bye, later, Sam. And bye. Uh, to, to everyone out there listening, thank you so much. Um, as always, this has been a Brothers King Media production. Have a good one. Good night. See you. Bye. bye.